Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Friends, Walt and I will lead a Bible study tour in the land of Israel. We will walk where Jesus walked, and we would love to meet you in person in Israel. The dates for the trip are November 8th to the 19th in 2022. That's later this year. Check out the link for the Walk with God Israel tour in the show notes below. Hello, friends, and welcome to Walk with God. It's our delight to share Bible lessons from Israel. So let's continue to walk where Jesus walked, even through the scriptures. Last week, we visited Caesarea by the Mediterranean Sea. What a beautiful sight. And this week, we're going to look at the shepherd and the sheep in the Judean wilderness. Um, Brenda, you and I just love the Judean wilderness, and it runs for a little over 100 miles in length, and it varies in width from 20 to 45 miles wide, and it it contains uh, countless deep ravines called wadis or seasonal streams. And this area receives between three and five inches of rain a year. The land's very rugged and rocky, and it's primarily used to raise sheep and goats. And I love this place because Abraham shepherded here and it looks the same way today. David shepherded here and it looks the same way. And Jesus was tempted by Satan here after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Well, you're right, Walt. The Judean wilderness is one of my favorite places to visit. Those barren hills, those deep cut ravines are beautiful. They're breathtaking. And this area is unchanged from the days when Jesus walked here. I grew up loving sheep and goats. And so maybe that's one reason why the Judean wilderness means a lot to me, because that's what we see there. And you still love sheep and goats. I do. So if we drive driving <laughs> around, if we see a pasture, oh, there they are. There are the goats and the sheep. Uh, but one particular family memory I have is an evening my dad returned home from visiting the farm of some of our friends and these folks had a dairy farm but they also had a sheep farm in northern Pennsylvania. My dad came in um, right at dinner time and he brought in a box a baby lamb. Her mom had died giving birth and this little one needed to be cared for to be bottle fed and we named her Princess. Over the next few weeks, we fed her, we cared for her, we played with her in our backyard, and she was a very helpless little lamb, but she was also quite stubborn, and she wanted her own way. She was able to get into all kinds of trouble quite quickly. And you know, if we're honest, we actually resemble this cute little innocent lamb, stubborn, I want my own way. I can quickly find myself in trouble if I'm not careful. And in today's scripture passage, we're going to consider the first three verses in Psalm 23. These are familiar verses, and perhaps you've memorized them. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. 
And, you know, that first phrase, the Lord is my shepherd. Um, in John chapter 10, Jesus is saying, my sheep hear my voice. He uses that same imagery. And I know them intimately, and they follow me. Um, that idea of hearing someone's voice, I remember one time um, we were doing a marriage conference in um, Oklahoma, and I was to pick up Dr. Gary Chapman. I would always fly in early, pick up the rental car, and then be there waiting for him to just come right out from the, from the airport. And I kind of got distracted, and I was turned around, and I was um, not paying attention. And all of a sudden, I hear this voice behind me. Wow, there's Walt McCord, because I lived in uh, up in Chicagoland, and, and Gary lived in uh, North Carolina. And so I turn around, because I, I knew his voice. And that just reminds me, Am I able to hear the shepherd's voice? Do I know his voice? And when he speaks, am I listening? Or is my life and my world too noisy? Is it too busy? Um, Have I allowed myself time to get to know the shepherd's voice? And, And does the shepherd know me? I mean, not just knowing him in a personal way. It's... Is that a relationship that goes back and forth between my shepherd and me? Have I spent time with him? Am I willing to take a walk and share a long conversation? Do I follow the shepherd? And am I willing to set my schedule and plans aside and follow the shepherd? And even as I'm (laughs) I'm thinking through this, I realize um, I'm convicted because so often I'm, I'm not listening well enough. I am distracted. And I want that to decrease and my focus on the shepherd to increase. And then I love this phrase, I shall not want, um, that he is a good shepherd. And, you know, sometimes I just whine and fuss about things that I, I simply desire, and I want to have them. And in God's kindness and in his generosity, he offers many good gifts to me. He's a good, good provider of our daily needs those things that we need for today. And it's important to know the difference between things needed and things desired. Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, and he will provide those things that we need. And you know, something that we need, but we don't recognize is we need to lie down. We need rest sometimes. We need a break in the midst of our schedules and our hectic lives. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He causes it to happen. If If he doesn't make it happen, I won't rest. I won't take that time. You know, if you've ever had a time in your life when you felt like the Lord made you lie down, that happened to me in the summer of 2013. I fell and I crushed my right elbow and I had to have it surgically repaired. I needed to take time off from work, just extremely painful, go through physical therapy. And I feel like that was a time when God said, you need a break, Brenda. You you need to go lay down. And you know, those green pastures didn't feel so green at that time. 
but God knew I needed that time of rest. Remember last week, we considered the Apostle Paul, who was in Jerusalem, brought down to Caesarea at the Mediterranean Sea, where he actually sat in prison waiting for his transfer to Rome. Sometimes God brings illness. Sometimes it's in between jobs or relocation in our life. It's important to lie down in green pastures. God's purpose is to redirect our focus, cause us to listen more carefully to his instruction as it is to put my stubborn will to the side and rather look to him for his sovereign will. You know, Lord, do I run ahead and in the midst of that, I'm filled with worry and anxiety Or do I rest in him? Do I lie lie down in those green pastures, trust him? Do I rest in God's sovereignty and and control? And and Brenda, I, I get excited even when you're talking about what does it look like to rest? Because we've been talking about that personally. And, and saying we, we want to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our life, a, a book we're reading. And, um, and just to recognize that, that that involves just the kindness of the Lord. Um, the next phrase even continues that thought. He leads me beside quiet or still waters. Um, he goes before me. He shows me the way. He guides me. You know, um, sheep will not drink water from bubbling, fast-flowing streams of water. It scares them. Uh, Sheep aren't good swimmers. Our Labrador loves streams of water, but sheep not so much. So the shepherd needs to prepare a quiet pool, a place of still water. And he'll take rocks and create little pools off to the side of a running stream. And the idea is to allow the sheep to get down to the water, but it's not um, running quickly. It's still um, one of the sites we, we love to do is we're talking about the Judean wilderness as we, we look out over these hills and, and over these valleys, these wadis, and um, we'll look on the hillsides and then we'll see, we'll start to see um, Bedouin uh, people tending their flocks and we'll stand on one of these hills and we can look down and there in the distance, right off to our, our right is Jericho and we look to our left and that's the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. And as we look down, we see a 2,000-year-old aqueduct that used to carry water to Herod the Great's palace down in Jericho. And even though it's there, and even though there's still water in it, there's places where the Bedouin have, have broken through and allow the water to sit in still pools so that their sheep can go there and they can drink without um, worry of falling in the water or getting endangered. Um, you know, we often we say, we always say to our, our folks in Israel, where there's water, there's life. Where there's water, there's life. And so if you see life, you need to find, you can go and look for the water. And Jesus is, uses this imagery of not just of still water, but of him providing something. Jesus said, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life, John 4. And and that's to the woman at the well, a woman that that needed to be led by the Lord beside some still waters. And I love that, just that idea, he makes me lie down, 
He leads me beside still water. And then moving through these few verses, he restores my soul. He brings back into existence. He brings back to a state of health, reestablishes. He wants to renew us. He wants to repair where we've been damaged or harmed or hurt. He wants to rescue us. He wants to revive us. You know, he not only wants to save your soul, he wants to restore your soul. He cares deeply for each of us. Yeah, and even as you're saying that, I love this passage in Acts chapter 3, and I use it often. Um, it's talking, uh, and the, 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 the apostles are, are challenging the religious leaders, the ones that had killed Jesus just not that many days or weeks earlier. And, and he tells them, the apostle Peter tells them, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order for the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And then he goes on, until the period of the restoration of all things. You know, something was broken um, there in the Garden of Eden, but there's something that's going to be restored, not just our souls, but also God's going to restore the, a new heaven and a new earth, and it's going to be delightful. It'll be, it'll be like the Garden of Eden. He wants to restore your soul, my soul. And I think of Martha busy working and Mary sitting at Jesus' feet in Luke 10. Jesus enters the village, that village of Bethany, close to the Mount of Olives. And Martha, a woman of hospitality, she has a beautiful gift. She's entertaining. She's always got guests in their home. And she calls to Jesus and says, I'm here working, and do you not care that my sister is sitting at your feet, listening to your words? And Jesus reply, it really is a kind reply to Martha. We often cause it to be harsh, but he's saying, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things, but one thing is necessary, only one thing. Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken away from her. We have to make room in our lives to experience God. If we want our souls to be restored, we've got to move into that time of peace. We've got to take time to encounter him. You know, as Martha called to the Lord and said, do you not care? She was in the presence of the living God, the son of God, and she experienced anxiety and frustration. We've got to make time to sit. And, and even as you say that, I think that instead of taking Martha, Martha, those names, you are worried and bothered about so many things. We need to insert our name. Right. You know, Walt, Brenda, you're, you're worried and bothered about so many things, things that many things that won't even come about. We think through them and we need to change our focus. Because the next phrase tells us, He, the Lord, the Good Shepherd, guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And I love in Jeremiah 6 where it talks, Jeremiah challenges the people of Jerusalem that have been um, wayward with the Lord. And he challenges them to walk in the true way, the true path, the true road of righteousness and the good shepherd's desires for us to live a life of righteousness, not perfect, 
but yielded to his leading in right standing with the good shepherd. And then I love this phrase, for his name's sake. When my focus, when my priorities, my first thoughts, my affection, my attention are directed towards him, towards the Lord, he will get glory. But when I'm pausing and resting and distracted, and those are the times where I want my own glory. I want to do what I want to do. He gets the glory because I see my striving. And uh, that's Psalm 46.10, see striving and know that I am God. You know, Israel continued to strive and, and, and to work and to live a way that was not God's way. It was their way. And I love this quote from a devotional called Desiring God, and it's called, Do You Fear of Day of Rest? And, and that just pricks my conscience. Do I fear, fear times of rest? And the, the writer says, By working without Sabbath rest, the work of their hands became the idol of their hearts. Ezekiel 20.16 says, Because they rejected my rules and did not walk in my statutes and profaned my Sabbaths, for their heart went after idols. And our heart is going to be not going to be neutral. Our heart moves in one direction or the other. And chances are, if we're not finding our rest in God, we're wrongly finding it somewhere else. We're finding our value somewhere else. So when we're striving, when we're working, chances are we're too busy to be resting, right? So, you know, he makes us lie down. He leads us beside the still waters. And, and I think, you know, when we look at that picture of, and we think of still waters, we think of quiet, right? We think of it being a time when we can think, we can pray, we can come before the Lord. And when I'm working and striving, this is for my glory. That's not for God's glory. This is not for his name's sake. And in Psalm 23, we see that the Lord is my shepherd. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be my personal shepherd. He wants to make us lie down. He wants to lead us beside those still, quiet waters. He wants to restore my soul, restore your soul. You know, this is what our good shepherd wants to do for us, for you and for me every day. Do we come to him? Do we have time to sit at his feet? Do we listen to his voice? Will I choose to follow his guidance in paths of righteousness for his namesake, for his glory, for his honor, for his praise? Until our next time together, may you continue to walk with God, the Good Shepherd. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Friends, Brenda and I will be leading a Bible study tour in the land of Israel. We will walk where Jesus walked, and we would love to meet you in person there in Israel. The dates for the trip are November 8th through the 19th of this year, 2022. And check out the link for the Walk With God Israel tour in the show notes below.